Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. Rex, you have returned home, uh, dodging all of the down trees, all the down power lines. You escaped the shelter in place in Monterey County in California. Real quick, how are how are your past uh, forty eight hours? How would you sum it up? Atmospheric river is what I would go with <laughs> on that one. Uh, you know, I've been to California the last two years probably, I don't know, four or five times just for different tournaments or whatever the case may be. And I think I've stumbled into three different atmospheric rivers, which it, it coming from Florida, we name those, like we give those names over in California. They just call them you know, atmospheric rivers, cold, wet, very windy, very gross. Uh, I, 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 will, I, I will say this, that I actually, and I was coming home thinking about, I was flying home thinking about this today. Because the, everyone on social media was taking a victory lap on the idea that, you know, the PGA Tour signature event was ruined. And look what happened. This should be embarrassing for them. The tour can't control the weather. Like, of all the things they can control, they can't control that one. And it was a bad week. And it wasn't a good look. But you can't blame the tour for that. You can blame the tour that they've scheduled, I guess, this tournament to be in February. I mean, sure. it could be in a different part of a schedule, could it not? I mean, the the it's it's called the Crosby weather for a reason. Like it's 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 miserable weather this time of year. I remember I covered back in 2017, Jordan. When that's the only time that I've covered the actual PGA Tour event there, and it was glorious that week. I mean, you can get great spells of weather where it's in the 60s. You wear a little hoodie like this, like it's it's very very pleasant. But you've also covered a number of these. We've watched a number of them on TV. There is not, There are a few places in the country where you'd want to be when the weather is as poor as it could possibly be uh, in Pebble Beach. And I, I would say this weekend was particularly nasty. Look, the entire week was pretty bad. And I think we dodged a lot of stuff earlier in the week. And then by the time we got to Sunday, I think our luck ran out. I, I will say the power went out at the hotel on Sunday. The winds whipped at 60 miles an hour. There was a shelter in place order, like all of the things that we've already addressed. I, I don't know that the tour had another choice. Like I, I hate to be the apologist for the PGA tour on this front, other than you're right. Like if we, you really want to do this right. And you want to hold the, the clam bake, this event at the bright, perfect time of year, then hold it in June. Like I, I think we can have a conversation about how, if you switch the entire PGA tour schedule, that there would be a lot of events 
that would need to move to different times of the year because they don't play them when they're probably at their best. And this is a perfect example of that. Yeah. I think if you could break up the West coast swing, I know they, I know the reasons why they do it. I know why they've, why they've done it historically where air travel was a little less convenient than it is now, but we're talking about, we're talking about private jets here. Like the guys flying from Jupiter to get to Not Monterey. True. Not true. Would it be Blue slightly Day, Chris Kirk was sitting in front of me. Sepp Straka was sitting right behind me. Like, not private jets. Not happening. Uh, those are not top 20 players in the world. I'm Sepp guessing is. it's a little bit different. I think Sepp Sepp is a top 20 player in the world? I believe he is. You need Boy. to look at the world ranking. Let me look at that. I think Joaquin Neiman's exactly right. Something's, something's up. <laughs> OWGR. And we're well. certainly going to get into that. Rex, how actually was the week? At Pebble Beach, a lot of the talk before the tournament was, hey, this is a, a hugely important week for the PGA Tour. The signature event uh, has to go off. I remember Jordan Speed talking a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, you know, this has really got to work. Now, besides the weather conditions, besides it's being shortened to 54 holes for the second time since 2019, those are two big besides. <laughs> Let's be honest. Granted, how was the actual on course feel did it did it feel more significant than it has in the past sep is 21st in the world nailed it nailed it Actually, I, thought, I thought i thought chris kirk was going to be closer to than, than sep strong i didn't even look for chris kirk i just looked for sep i thought <laughs> actually actually chris kirk won hold on give me one second I'm chris kirk right is 27th he's 27th know. in the world thank you for that uh no it didn't feel special like in <laughs> Again, I'm the one that's going to sit here and pound my chest and defend the tour, saying that they don't control the weather. But my immediate thought when I pulled up on Monday was it might be a signature event for the players by purse and field and everything else we want to measure it by. But it didn't feel any different than, I don't know, any other AT&T Pebble Beach program I've attended. It didn't feel any di different for the fans. It didn't feel any different for those watching at home. And, and I would argue that and if you want to counter it, and look, this is a terrible week. And you and I sort of flushed this out earlier in the week on, on our Golf Today uh, roundtable. You, you took an event that was already a proven product. And I, I think the reason that Pebble Beach is a proven product, one, the golf course is a star. And two, the celebrities are the star. And you tried to make it something else. I, I feel like it's a weird fit. I'm not quite sure if this is where the PGA Tour wants to hang their hat on signature events because it doesn't feel right. Like you can, it, the purse was bigger and the weather was bad and everything else we can sit here and talk about, but it didn't feel any different than any other Pebble Beach Pro-Am I've ever watched before. Other than the fact that on Saturday, you didn't get whatever the celebrity hijinks are. You can fill in the blank for whoever you, you want to look watch on Saturday. And it also didn't, you know, strike the boxes when it came to, oh, this is the greatest field in golf because I would argue that, the other field going on down in my uh, down in Mexico was also pretty good. So it was a really, really tough sell for the PGA tour. So I think that's very interesting because watching at home, I was like, this is great. I, I yeah. thought it was everything right. that I, that I hoped it, it, it was. And it, it brings up an interesting dichotomy where the PGA tour has, has tried so hard to tailor its product to be the, the in-person experience. Right, like like getting up close to personal to the fans, the hospitality tents, whatever the case may be, making it as accessible as possible. When I think, especially in this new era with Strategic Sports Group, it needs to be all about the TV product. 
and making it as visually appealing as possible. That means getting the best players in the world together. That means going to the very best venues that the PGA Tour can possibly offer. That can mean kind of ramping up the TV production. We're certainly going to talk about what Live Golf did uh, over the weekend as well on, on that front. And but but watching at home, like I thought the golf was spectacular. Yes, Pebble did not play how we've seen it play. It did had had absolutely zero fire. <laughs> you had guys losing golf balls just by hitting into the rough. In the fairway. In like the fairway. it was it was a little it was a little bit sloppy. Like Pebble Beach, I don't think had its full shine on, but Wyndham Clark still shot 60 on Saturday. It was a spectacular round of golf. You still had big names up there. Ludwig Oberg. Folks, it Oberg. is Oberg. Got We're that. now on the fourth pronunciation. Did you get the memo? Oberg. Uh, of the first year PGA Tour player. Like the leaderboard was good. Scotty was up there. JT was up there. Roy flashed on day one, at least. Like watching at home, I thought it was fantastic. Okay. Like I, I was, I was ready to go for a Sunday showdown, and I was, I was disappointed um, that it never came to fruition. But I do find that very interesting. The dichotomy watching on TV versus in person, kind of not having that that juice that the PJ Tour desperately wants, and making big events feel bigger. Well, and anyone who read my column on Friday would would agree with you because my, my argument on Friday was this is what the tour wants and needs. I mean, there, there's a twofold issue here. You're right. It had the leaderboard. It had the golf course. The weather hadn't caught up with them yet. All of the things that you need to make this into something special, something more than it was before, because that's what we're talking about here, right? Like, essentially, you've asked AT&T to double its investment in this tournament, and that, that's what they have to do to bring the, the purse to $20 million. So you have to find a way to justify that. And I'm not sure we ended up there for a lot of different reasons. Probably the biggest one is just Mother Nature and the weather. And it just didn't cooperate. I, I would argue, and, and this is, I, I've been thinking about this all day long. I watched, I, I watched Golf Central on Sunday and Paul McGinley take umbrage with the idea that that was. Where were sort of, they? Uh, they, they, they were actually in a bar, bar at our hotel. It was funny. I woke up, <laughs> I can tell you exactly where they were because I, I woke up. And uh, it was like 7, 7.30 in the morning. And I went down to get my coffee like I always do at, at this little hotel. It's the Hyatt Monterey, if anyone's ever stayed there. And as I walked it, you know, as I slept through in my pajamas to get my coffee, I saw Paul McGinley and Todd Lewis, our Todd Lewis, uh, talking. And like I order my coffee and I don't pay much attention. And I see them go into a side room and I look at the bar. So, of course, I have to poke my head in there. And I'm like, what's happening in here? Like at, at 7.30 in the morning, they were in a bar. In the Hyatt uh, Monterey, to answer your question, but I, I was taken by the idea, and you brought this up, and I don't want to derail the the podcast right now, but I am curious what your thought is because Paul McGinley was dead set on the idea that that was not a course record because they were playing lift clean in place, and Johnson Wagner had a slightly different take. Rich Lerner had a slightly different take. My, my take was, I get where he's coming from. I wrote it for NBCSports.com backslash golf. That it was a course record. I get where he's coming from. It's still really, really hard. He still beat the the field average by more than nine shots. Like I don't know why you would sort of disparage that. I mean, it, it, that's certainly not the first time I've ever played lift preferred lies at Pebble Beach. It's not the first time that conditions have been favorable, or you know, the greens were receptive, or the fairways were playing a little bit wider because of how soft that they were, he's, he still crushed the field average. He was still the lowest score by of the more day than nine strokes. 
by three. I mean, you think of how long golf has been played at Pebble Beach. Uh, it was a phenomenal round. And it actually could have. This, this sounds ridiculous. The 60 easily, easily could have been two or three shots lower. It, it could have been a 57. And, and at some point, it was it was an interesting because I, I went out and started walking. I, I I caught up with him on the 15th hole. And there is a sort of dichotomy there that he he could have had a 57. But in the back of his mind, I think he realized that we could have ended up where we ended up because he knew the forecast for Sunday. He knew the forecast for Monday. And at some point, you could tell he, he almost started protecting because he looked at the leaderboard, saw he had a two or three stroke lead and decided that I'm not going to be aggressive just to try to get to some sort of magical number. I mean, it does sound ridiculous saying it could have been lowered. Obviously, he made a bunch of bombs, right? Like if he he was making 20, 30 footers. I think about uh, the, the putty bait on the fringe for for a bogey. Uh, on 16, on, on, it on hung 12, on the lip. On, 50, on 17, it hung on the lip. I mean, there was a bunch 18, of 12, 15 footers yeah. That, yeah. that certainly could have dropped. Uh, it, was a, it was a course record, uh, one of the best rounds uh, that we've seen in recent memory on the PGA Tour, whether you want to give it an asterisk or not. I don't particularly care, but it will go down in the record books as a course record for Wyndham Clark. Rex, I did want to touch on something that happened off the golf course. We saw the press conference from Roy McIlroy. We saw the press conference from Jordan Spieth. And then per our buddy, Alex Maselli, GWA treasurer, Alex Maselli, uh, with Sports Illustrated, he wrote that Roy McIlroy removed himself from a top player group chat and Jordan Spieth called him and they spoke for an hour to clear the air regarding whether or not they want the Saudi public investment fund to partner with the PGA tour. Rory says, yes, has to be Jordan Spett said uh, he doesn't necessarily think that the PGA tour now needs the Saudis. What's going on here? Because it seems like a major fracturing of opinion at the top tour, tour player level. Uh, I feel like you're dumbing that down. A little bit, um, because I think what we end up here in, in whatever the conversation was between Jordan and Rory, I'm not going to pretend to, to be in on that 45 or hour long phone call. I, I think the bigger issue here is if you're Jordan Spieth or you're someone on the policy board or certainly someone on the PGA Tour side of these negotiations, you probably don't want one of your most outspoken and high profile players saying that, of course, we need the Saudis involved. And of course, we'll come up with some sort of deal with the Saudis. You're in the middle of a negotiation. That That's not the way you want to negotiate. So I, I think the conversation had more to do with, yes, we're probably going to end up where you think we're going to end up anyway. And that's with some sort of combination of private equity and PIF money and the PGA Tour enterprises. And we come up with a global tour and all of the things that Roy has predicted. I, I wrote this last week. Like He has become the pro prognosticator. He's become the one that sort of says something, and six months from now, it becomes true. We probably end up there anyway. I truly believe we need to end up there. But from a negotiating standpoint, you don't need to say it. And no, but, that, but you could, but you could sound you could sound more optimistic. Webb Simpson was interviewed at length with Todd Lewis. I know it wasn't a press conference setting. And then obviously Jordan was. The way that it came across... Well, at actually, public, Jordan, and Jordan walked his comments back, by the way. It, I mean, you weren't part of the, this, this conversation at Pebble Beach, but I was there with Alex Maselli the next day, or, or I guess it would have been on Friday, and he walked those comments back. Like, I, I don't think anybody wants to sit here and say that. Because, Roy, because Roy probably called him out on it. Like, it, if you, if you listen to his press conference on Wednesday, it was like, no, I think we're, 
think we're kind of good here. And who knows? We'll probably strike it down anyway. Like it was very dismissive of the idea, which I think is what took Rory aback. Uh, probably. And again, this is all a negotiating situation, right? Like at this point in time, there's people in the room, really, really smart people in the room for the PGA tour and for the public investment fund. And they probably don't want any of this discussed in public because that's not doing them any favors whatsoever. All they're trying to do is to hammer out a deal that's best for both sides. And that's what you keep hearing, right? That's the key phrase. That's, you know, the signature points. I, I don't know. Whatever it is Jordan was trying to get to, I I don't know that he believed in it because I keep going back to the idea that we don't end up at anywhere close to where probably SSG wants golf to end up without Piff involved. Because if we if Piff's not involved, we can talk about an alternate universe, but we all know what that's going to look like. They're just going to keep poaching players. They're just going to keep taking the top players whenever they want them. They're going to keep taking the top amateur players as they come out of college. And that's not a sustainable model either. So you're not going to invest $1.5 billion into whatever PGA Tour Enterprise is going to be with the idea that they have some sort of competitor, quote unquote, irrational threat. I, I'm, I'm totally with you. That's why it was so surprising to hear Spieth's comments, at least on Wednesday in a, in a uh, press conference setting. And I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like I've been feeling themselves a little bit, honestly. Like, look, I, I think been. the tour felt like they, they had a, they had a W when they hadn't had a W in a long time. And that Webb Simpson and, as you pointed out, Jordan Spieth and Peter Malnati, they all probably wanted to take some sort of victory lap after being, you know, sort of on the ropes for quite a while. I can see that. However, in the big picture, I, I still keep coming back to the idea. It doesn't work without all without everyone under the same tent. I mean, I don't know how at least some sort of PIF investment isn't worth pursuing. You've already padded these guys' wallet now. You're, you're going to have this repayment program, and it's going to be divvied up. However, it's going to be divvied up. But the only way to get the game back together is to pursue a PIF investment. The only way to infuse the PGA Tour with billions. We're not talking millions. We're talking billions more. SSG is, is going to put $1.5 billion more, but PIF could potentially be three or more billion more. This is a chance, Rex, to do something that is uh, – really appealing with this world tour concept for the fans who have been left out in this whole deal. We, we already know the, the, the PJ tour and everyone's sick about hearing how much PJ tour players are going to be, be made. But if everyone can be unified once again, in the next year or two, there is the potential here to create something very cool for the fans, but that only can happen with a PIF investment. It's the only thing that can, it's the only thing that can happen. Well, and Adam Scott also kind of had a very, very similar take. So it seems to me they were all sort of reading off the same cue cards on this front. I will, I'll, I'll agree with what you said, and I'll point out that you started before you turned the, the record button on for this podcast, asking if I watched the live event. Well, of course I watched the live event because, well, one, no, I didn't have anything else to do on Sunday afternoon because I was reined in and sheltering in place like everyone else in Monterey County. You could sit here like I, I'm tired of dancing around the idea that you you want to call whatever we had at Pebble Beach the best field in golf. Well, it clearly was not. Like you can say whatever it is you want to say, but John Rom and PJ and, Championship is the, is the best field in golf. John Rom and Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and I keep going down the list. I, I actually had this long conversation with a player on Live earlier this week. With he made the argument that we have a better field here than they have at Pebble. And, and 
I, I sort of play devil's advocate on that front. And I'm not sure the world ranking math would agree with that, but you can look at the field and you can look at the product. And this was a prime example. And, and trust me, not good for the tour at all. Again, they took it on the chin because of mother nature, but had they had perfect weather at Pebble beach and they did have perfect weather down in Mexico, if those two went head to head, then you decided which product was better. And I, I think that's the indication. I think that's probably the best justification I can come up with that you have to have some sort of combination of all of those things. PIF money, private equity money, and PGA Tour Enterprises. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Because the way it is right now is not sustainable. Yeah, I mean, there's there's little doubt that the PGA Tour, as it stands right now, is is bereft of characters. That that Liv took Phil and Bubba and Brooks and Bryson and P. Reed and Sergio. I mean, these are guys. Harold Varner, you can keep going down the list. Like they went after the ones that were personalities. Yep. Cam Smith. He's not the. You know, he's not the. Um, most vivacious character, but like people actually like watching him play golf. And he played, I would call it exciting brand of golf, right? Th- th- those are, those guys are all on live. I think the PGA tour has, has better players overall, but there is, there is no doubt that live is where the characters are. And that's where I kind of wanted this conversation to go because this was, this was, this was, I think a week for live to really celebrate. In my opinion, live had a moment this past week. If you're Jay Monahan. I'm not sure this run out that unfolded over the over the past four or five days could have gone any worse because there's no football on Sunday to distract eyeballs. Your second signature event, first full signature event, full field signature event of the season was rained out. So you couldn't distract eyeballs that way. Liv had the sports calendar to themselves. And in my opinion, they delivered a really good show on Sunday. If you look at the week in total, that finalized its 2024 roster with two more top 40 guys. You had John Rahm uh, in the mix all the way through the 54th hole. You had Joaquin Neiman shoot a 59 uh, on Friday, which by any metric, Data Golf has the stats, was the third best round of golf against the field uh, over the past decade plus. And then you had a Neiman and Sergio Garcia playoff on the lights. This was the first time, Rex, that it actually seemed like sports fans, golf fans in particular, 
were paying attention kind of because they had nothing, had nothing else to do on Sunday. And this was just about the best possible circumstance for them. For Liv. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I would be curious, look, they, they've gotten really guarded when it comes to viewership and exactly how many people are tuning into the CW and, and Live Golf Plus and whatever that is. I, I would love to see whatever those numbers are. Because you're right. I, I think this is, if you start doing an apples to apples comparison, this is probably your best opportunity to compare whatever happened is on Sunday at the live event to whatever happened on Saturday. And, and look, it's not a fair comparison. I, I, I understood this and people who live have pointed this out. Like live on CW can't go head to head with the PGA tour and CBS. Like that's just not going to happen. But considering it was the third round and everything else that was going on, I'd love to see the comparison. Cause I think you're right. And this was probably the first time in two years that we've had a legitimate argument where you could sit down and say the product on that side is every bit as good as the product on this side. And you may not agree with that. And there's going to be plenty of people who don't, I understand that, but given what live has done over the last, I would say six weeks really to improve their product. And given the fact that the PGA tour tried to improve their product and got really, really unlucky, I, I think it'd be an interesting comparison. So I watched all of the first live event. Remember the London one in 2022. I've watched bits and pieces over the past two years. Certainly start to finish. You watched all of the first London. I watched all of the first one start to finish. It's unrecognizable from that event in June, 2022. And I've, and I've, I've popped in here or there basically just so I can be somewhat knowledgeable about it. But this was the first time Rex that from start to finish, I watched a live golf tournament. From start to finish, from the from the two minute window that it came on on CW for the shotgun start was going to be. Uh, what did I cook yesterday? Uh, I smoked a. Uh, I used my vaxiler for the first time, so I had some uh, two bone pork chops uh, that I smoked and then seared. They're delicious. They're delicious. Sure. Did, on, did on the pellet grill because the weather uh, was a little bit crappy uh, in Northeast Florida, and so this is probably the easiest way to do it. So I I actually wrote down on my phone like a pros and cons list. And I, I don't I don't want to be one of those people who like you you have you have to pick a side. Either you either you like the PJ tour or you like live. Like I I do think there's room for a golf fan to enjoy both of them. That's kind of the takeaway that I had. If if I only had one TV and it's Sunday afternoon and Pebble was on and Liv Mayakova was on, which one would I turn to? I would watch I would watch the PJ tour, right? You would watch the PJ tour, but I do think sure. that there is room for a golf fan. To enjoy both. So, so the, the pros, and this is this is what I wrote down. The production quality on a live broadcast, Rex, is phenomenal. The graphics, the visuals, the enhancements, the drone shots, it all seems, at least to a golf viewer, someone who's been watching golf for as long as I can remember, it seems revolutionary for golf TV, which is often stayed. I mean, you have mic'd up caddies. You had Joaquin Neiman and his caddy going over the read on the winning pivotal putt on the 54th hole of the golf tournament. You you've you would never have that right now on a, on a PJ Tour telecast. The tweak that they've made for 2024 that I also thought was a good thing is that all four scores now are counting for your team. During so you the final can't round. just have during the final round. During, during, during the final the round. Two rounds, the, the first final. two rounds, it's it's just in the final round that now all four scores count. I do think it's a little bit distracting bouncing back and forth. And that was actually one of my cons Rex 
is that as someone who has has followed college golf, has covered college golf, has watched college golf on television, college golf on television doesn't quite work unless it's the NCAA championship for me, because I feel like you're you're dividing the attention. Are you an individual competition in crowning an individual champion? Or are you focused on the team competition and which team is going to prevail? If you try and do both, you tend not to do either particularly well. That's where I feel like that's a big con for me that Liv is stuck. You, do you still want to appeal to the OWGR and, 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 and make sure Neiman's winning the golf tournament and he can go woof about uh, not being in the major championships, which of course is not true. He's very likely to be uh, in two of the four this year. Or are you leaning in to Torque? and Legion 13 and the Crushers. That's, I think, the big thing that, that Liv needs to decide. What do you want to be? Because being both doesn't really work. No, I, I can see that. I'd be curious what else was on the con side of that list. Like, like So <clears throat> I'm not sure how much your, you listened. As you someone don't who, have as, your phone up, so I don't know how you're – are you just doing this off the top of your head? So, so one big con for sure, and I'm sure anyone who's listening to this who watched the CW broadcast – the music is incredibly distracting. Like it's, it's distracting from the first tee and it's distracting all the way until the 18th hole. I understand on, I've, and I've heard from people who have been on site. I have not been at a live golf tournament yet that it's not, that it kind of fades into the background noise, but on the telecast, it's incredibly disarming. <coughs> Excuse me. It's incredibly fine. distracting. That's fine. That's $5. It's distracting to hear like pumping, like, Boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick. <laughs> when you're on the 50th or hole of a tournament and you're trying to thread a seven iron into a very small target, like it, it just doesn't work. They have to find a way to somehow eliminate that and make it feel like a real golf tournament. Uh, all right. So that's it. That's no. That's, so that was one. And like you look, you still look at the roster of players and you look at the players who are competing and who score, unfortunately did count in the final round. There's still probably a dozen too many also rands and has-beens and like over time if these two sides continue to feud if there is no union if the, the game of golf continues to support two different tours like those guys are very likely to cycle out uh with with competitive pj tour players uh but right now there's still 10 12 14 players uh who who, who shouldn't be on our television screens if this is a very serious product very late last night, uh, Wyndham Clark did a press conference, a video press conference, because of just the way things sort of happened. And during that press conference, he was asked point blank. I was a little surprised by this if he had been approached by Liv Goff and his thoughts. And he probably gave one of the best answers I think I've heard when it comes to a player who either went to a Liv Goff or didn't go, like whatever side you want to be on. But he was very effusive in the idea that, yes, I, I've been approached. And he went, I, I don't want to paraphrase it because I'm not going to do it justice. I would suggest you go to NBCSports.com back, back golf to see everything he said about it. But I was fascinated by the idea that ultimately he came to the decision to stay at the PGA Tour. And there, there are plenty of people out there. And I, I've discovered that this is a toxic landscape. That when Wyndham Clark says something like this, the immediate response is, oh, he didn't get the offer you wanted. Maybe. Like, I, I don't know how these he got things it. Work. He got an offer and it was pretty appealing that the fact that he needed to be talked out of it by some of his friends. Sure. And some of his friends were Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods and Ricky Fowler. That's that was to me the part that sort of stood out because 
of everything that sort of has transpired in golf. And I have nothing against Wyndham Clark. This is not going to, I don't want him to catch a stray here at all. I'm curious why those three players specifically, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Tiger Woods, decided to convince Wyndham Clark not to join Live Golf. Because at that point, he was a two-time tour winner. Granted, one of those tour wins is... Reigning US, U.S. Open champion. Reigning U.S. Open champion, which it, I'm with you. But why did they feel like they needed to lean in that much versus, I don't know, John Rahm? For example, my guess is John Rom didn't get a call from Tiger Woods as he was trying to make his decision to join Live Golf. So I guess my, my point in all of this is I, I'm not quite sure. And it goes back to our previous conversation. I'm not quite sure how we move forward if this continues to be the cloud that hangs over professional golf. I just I just think it's it was such an interesting dynamic, Rex, because you're in the same position that all these PJ Tour players were in. They had nothing to do. On Sunday, you can only go the, for the to the gym for so long. You can only read so many books. You can only FaceTime with your family I went to for the so gym long. With Victor Hovland, by the way, what's that? Boy. I went to the gym with Victor Hovland. That's what I did. Probably not with him, uh, and you were probably doing decidedly different uh, exercises. Yeah, we're, uh, we're both killing it, crushing it, both of us. But the point remains that I bet you a bunch of PJ Tour players tuned in to watch for themselves the Live Golf product, and I saw something. That was probably very, very appealing. I did find it humor. So John Rom, if you guys missed it, uh, went bogey bogey uh, to to fall out of the individual lead. And I I I, I felt for uh, the on course reporter. I I'm I, I don't remember her name, um, but she walked straight into a hornet's nest. <laughs> she interviewed <laughs> she interviewed John Rom about two minutes after he finished up, and you knew you knew what the question was going to be. I don't know because John, you you blew the individual title, but your Legion 13 team uh, still still won. I think it's what five million dollars uh, for the team that they or four million dollars they divvy up among the team members. And and he was like, "Hmm, that's a tough question to get uh, right right after uh, walking off the golf course." And I probably need five minutes to decompress. And then of course he answers it eloquently, like John Rom always does. Uh, but I do I do still think Rex that there is immense potential for the team aspect if if a it is strictly about teams and you're playing with with match play or you're playing even metal match play if you still want to get uh, uh all 18 holes involved and b if you have the right players if you if you were combining the best players in the pga tour and they had their own team and the and the uh, the players on live and maybe you swap out a couple extra ones and you do this four to six times a year. I don't, I don't think 13 uh, regular season events and then the 14 uh, team championship. I think, I just think that's, that's too much to do. But if you sprinkle this in throughout the regular PJ tour schedule, four to six times, I think it's a, I think it's a home run, especially if you lean strictly into the team aspect. I really do. That was one of the takeaways I had from, from watching for four to five straight hours. I had a tour player call me last week who was close with John. And friends. And he told me that John's going to be miserable there for the reasons you just pointed out, because he doesn't have that gear. Like he's not going to be able to separate the fact that I just went bogey bogey to lose the event, but Oh, my team won. Like he doesn't have that gear. He, he, he doesn't have the gear that I want to wear shorts. I want to hear loud music on every tee box. Like that's not the way John Rom is sort of wired. I would, I would actually disagree seeing so, it yesterday. I think it does work for him. 
because you're not going head to head against any other team. It's just kind of you add it up at the end and oh, let's see who wins. An no, individual I just think performance the general still vibe. Matters. I think the general vibe is what this player was trying to tell me uh, of Live Golf. Like he just doesn't. And look, we've talked about this before. I guess Dustin Johnson is being the primary example, fair or not fair. But did he lose his edge going to Live Golf? I don't know if he did or not. I, I bet you he never had an edge. He was just he was just really good at golf. He was just really really good at golf, and and I disagree with that as well because when he got to a certain stage, he seems to stall. He he seemed to stall, and yet he decided to go find another gear, fix his wedge game, become a major champion, become a world number one, whatever the case may be. John Rahm being the primary example here, like look, man, that's just not like he's driven to be intense. And as you pointed out, I would feel so bad for anyone that has to interview him in that situation because there is no question that you could possibly ask him that would elicit a, a, a friendly response. Like you're always going to get a little bit of venom right off the top. And then, Hornet's of course, nest. yes. And he, as you pointed out, he's very eloquent in when he wants to be. And he can sit down and he can talk to you and about nuanced things. In that particular case, I would never want to have to do that. But I mean, John Rahm in that final round, Rex, to kind of debunk this tour player's theory, he was pumping his fist. He seemed plenty motivated. Afterward, he was still steaming individually. Your individual one of fourteen, man. One of fourteen. Your individual performance. Let's will catch up still when they power get to the, the team thing. And so, if John Rahm wins ten times, I think he's going to be plenty engaged on the live circuit. Do mm -hmm. I do I think he was perusing the leaderboard, seeing how is how Caleb Surratt's playing? Or Kieran Vincent is playing. No, I have a hard time believing uh, that that he was letting his mind wander to that throughout the course of the round. A good performance still powers the team, which is what I think actually one of the faults for Live Golf. And I think it's worth stepping back and looking at this thirty thousand feet. We're still talking about regular season golf. Pebble Beach regular season golf. Live Mayakoba regular season golf. These are all just kind of precursors to the major championships. Last year was proof with Phil and Brooks uh, at the Masters and then obviously Brooks at the PGA. Like, you can still warm up for the major championships by playing live golf. These guys don't oh, yeah. don't lose their edge. They're not unmotivated. They're, they're still grinding. It's just different competition. That's one of the things that's been debunked. Uh, but I think overall, a hugely successful week for live. Another litmus test, though, to see how it's actually – uh, kind of resonating with the sports audience. They're playing again this week in Las Vegas, which is also hosting the Super Bowl a day later. Liv's going to finish on Saturday. Uh, despite my best efforts on this podcast a year ago, uh, the Phoenix Open is still going to end on Sunday. Why? Why they do not move this tournament to Wednesday through Saturday. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I'll never know. Uh, we'll have that. How was TPC Sawgrass? Wednesday. TPC Sawgrass. Uh, thank you for asking. Uh, you can see my hair is disheveled. Uh, you can see I'm a little bit windburned. Uh, it was horrible. Uh, horrible. horrible. Uh, shout out to my friends at the PGA Tour, especially uh, Stuart Moore, who invited me as part of the quote unquote local media. Shout out Knock Life. Uh, so we, I always get the Players Championship Media Day invite. It was brutal. It was 50. Uh, spitting rain at times, blowing 30. I had a great group uh, of guys that I play with, guys who absolutely match the ball. I've, my self-esteem has never been lower. I've never felt more emasculated. Uh, but 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 going through Rex, going through a grip change um, in, in 50 degree, 30 mile hour winds on on quite on quite possibly the most penal golf course in the country. Tough scene. Would not recommend it. Yeah. Tough would scene. not recommend it. Okay. Uh, what are you going to have uh, on the docket for the next 48 hours? We, we will still do the preview podcast. I know there's a late record uh, on Monday evening. We will do the Phoenix Open preview podcast. What do you have cooking? I heard things aren't going necessarily well uh, with Bunkmate. No, I came home to a hornet's nest, as you just said. So I, I, I got to do some, I don't know, call it PR work. And I have a fitting tomorrow for new wedges. Thank you, Bob Vokey and Tirelist. Uh, outside of that... I'm just looking forward to being home there. Tina with Titleist, I love you. I also had the wedge fitting on Monday as well. Uh, can't wait to game those. Uh, I can't possibly play Rex any worse than I'm currently doing. Uh, speaking of golf, uh, not to get too personal, my wife, I bought her lessons uh, for Christmas. Good move. Savvy move. Bought her lessons. She has her first round of golf. We're going to play nine holes on Thursday afternoon. I'm sure we'll be updating uh, the podcast uh, listeners on Sunday with how that goes. And then I also have a Super Bowl scramble on Sunday. Uh, my eight or nine handicap uh, is just looking really poor at the moment. Where is I, this, cannot, I, I didn't I know this. Where is the scramble? It's it's at Marsh Landing. It's a, it's okay. just a little MGA event uh, that we have on Super Bowl morning. It's actually going to be cutting into uh, we're having a Super Bowl party before I leave uh, for Riv uh, early Monday morning. But it's actually cutting into my barbecue schedule. Oh no! So gonna have to gonna have to figure out. I'm gonna have to cook some stuff ahead of time. Uh, gonna have to uh, keep the offset, <laughs> keep the offset uh, fire fired up uh, through the first or second quarter of a Super Bowl. But I'm sure we will make do. More on that uh, on Wednesday. All right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Golf Channel podcast with Rex and Lav. As always, we appreciate you guys listening, uh, commenting, uh, and all of the support. We'll be back in I don't know. 48 hours for a preview of the Waste Management Phoenix Open. That's all for now. If you guys need anything else, make sure you go to NBCSports.com slash golf for the latest news and notes in the world of golf. Talk to you guys in a couple of days.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.